I've titled the message for this morning, Jesus is Calling You. Now, let me talk about the title and some background here a little bit. Uh, Jesus is Calling You. Uh, two Sundays ago, our Sunday school lesson was entitled what? Last Sunday, I think, yeah. If you need to look at your quarterly, you could do that. Probably God called Abraham. Yeah, God calling Abraham. Okay. And uh, this morning I'm saying Jesus is calling you. Now, um, I preached here last five weeks ago, first Sunday of September. Um, remember the title of the message? What chapter did I speak from? You must be born again. You must be born again. Of course, John chapter 3, yes. Um, we, we, we take that, uh, that, that phrase, you must be born again. That's not a man's phrase. It, Jesus said that to Nicodemus. We all know that. Uh, so that's the words of Jesus. And we, 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 but we use that today talking about a, a person needs to make that decision to follow Jesus and, 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 and realize the change and, 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 and allow the Holy Spirit to make that change, to, to born him again, uh, to have a new birth. Uh, and that's what the, the message uh, focused on um, uh, five weeks ago. It happens that today I'm going to uh, look at a chapter in John, and you don't need to turn to it right now because I want to look at the songbook first. But we will look at uh, uh, a chapter in John where uh, Jesus was speaking to someone that definitely was a follower. In fact, he was one of the, the 12 apostles. And so he wasn't an unbeliever, he was a believer, he was a follower, he was an apostle. But Jesus called out to him in a special way. And I'm saying Jesus is calling us as Christians today. Jesus is calling you. He's calling me. Since we are human, we make mistakes. We sin. And thank God through the power of his Holy Spirit, he, he calls us to come back to him and to make things right. So turning your songbooks to number 229. We will not sing this right now, but I would like to sing it at the end of the service. But I want to simply look, look at the words of the song for now. That is number 229. And yes, it's entitled... Jesus calls us. Notice at the end of the song. In the first three verses at the end of the song, the writer says, Christian, follow me. Again, I, I can say it's not talking about someone coming to Christ for the first time, being born again or be, being saved. It's talking about a one that is a follower, one that is a Christian. 
to follow me. Uh, so at the end of the first verse, Christian, follow me. Second verse saying, Christian, love me more. The third verse, Christian, love me more than these. Notice in the second verse, from the beginning, Jesus calls us from the worship of the vain world's golden store. Is there something that you are putting too much time and effort into that the writer would suggest maybe you're worshiping it? But notice the rest of the verse. From each idol that would keep us. You know, sometimes we, we can spend so much time and effort and energy on something and, and we say, oh, no, 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 it's not an idol. I, I love God more. So it's not an idol. I, I definitely love God more. Well, you know, Satan can help us argue like that too often. Uh, when really, you know, it may be an idol. It may be an idol if we would only be truthful about it. From each idol that would keep us, Jesus is calling us saying, Christian, you need to love me more. You're loving that too much. It's interesting how the third verse, it says kind of the same thing maybe three different times in the third verse. In our joys and in our sorrows. Okay, so the good times when things are going well and, and we don't need any help. Like we don't need God because it's going well for us. We can handle it, you know, that way. In our joys and in our sorrows, the other end of the spectrum, you see. Then it repeats kind of the same thing. Days of toil, hard times, and hours of ease. Still he calls in, in cares, when, we're, when we have cares, when we have difficult we, things, cares, and pleasures. Christian, you need to love me more than these. You need to not get down in the difficult times, and you need to call on me on the, in the good times. Re regardless of which end of the spectrum you find yourself from time to time, Jesus said, Christian, love me more than these. And then notice how the fourth verse is written with that colon after the first words. Jesus calls us, stop. That, that's just a fact that is given. Jesus is faithful. The Holy Spirit is faithful. It is a fact that Jesus calls us. You better thank God for his mercy that he's doing that. It's only the mercy of God that he does that. He wouldn't have to when we mess up, when we sin, when we go our own way. He could just let us go. And thank God for his mercy that's there saying, come, I want you back. My grace is sufficient. I will forgive you. Jesus calls us. Thank God for that. By thy mercy, Savior, we want to hear your call. Give our hearts to thine obedience. Serve and love thee best of all.
you may turn with me to John chapter 21. The Gospel of John in chapter 21. As you see, it's the last chapter of John. And um, as you look quickly at the last couple of chapters in, in, the, in the book of John, you have the crucifixion in chapter 18, you have the resurrection in chapter 19, and, and um, well, the resurrection in chapter 20. I guess the crucifixion is what I meant to say, the crucifixion chapter 19, the resurrection chapter 20, and then you have chapter 21. Um, now, the fact is that everything that Jesus did and said is not recorded in the scriptures. We have the account of the Gospels, and that's part of what went on in the life and ministry of Jesus as he ministered. There's three years and some of his life, a brief bit of his life before that. But look, look at uh, in chapter 20. Just look in chapter 20 right now. The last two verses of chapter 20. And many other signs truly did Jesus in the presence of his disciples, which are not written in this book. But these are written that ye might believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that believing ye might have life through his name. Why do we have chapter 21? Um, what's so significant about chapter 21? Some of you are, are looking already and, and you know that uh, one of the things we often focus on in chapter 21 is verses 15, 16, and 17. And that is certainly true. Let's, let's look at these verses right now. I'll look at them, make some comments, and then I want to read the whole chapter. But verses 15, 16, and 17, looking at them quickly right now. So when they had dined, Jesus saith unto him, Simon Peter, saith unto Simon Peter, Simon, son of Jonas, lovest thou me more than these? He said unto them, Yea, Lord, thou knowest that I love thee. He said unto him, Feed my lambs. He said unto him again the second time, Simon, son of Jonas, lovest thou me? He said unto him, Yea, Lord, thou knowest I love thee. He saith unto him, Feed my sheep. He saith unto him the third time, Simon, son of Jonas, lovest thou me? Peter was grieved because he said unto him the third time, Lovest thou me? He said unto him, Lord, thou knowest all things. Thou knowest that I love thee. Jesus saith unto him, Feed my sheep. It's important for us to understand at least four uh, background uh, facts in understanding this passage. And so let, let me remind you of four background facts that help us understand probably why Jesus had this conversation right here with Peter. Number one, Jesus, and we could turn to scriptures, but for lack of time, I'll, uh, most of you realize this, but I'm just reminding you, and we, we likely won't turn to, to these scriptures, at least not all of them. 
So number one, the fa a background fact in understanding this passage. Jesus had given Simon Peter other names. Jesus himself, I'm saying, had given Simon Peter other names. And, and it's listed, two other names that Jesus gave him are listed in the scriptures. In, in, in John chapter 1, Jesus called him Cephas. A couple other times, we have recorded where Jesus called him Peter. So that was the idea of Jesus to give Simon these other names. Okay? Yes, both, both of those names uh, come from, a, uh, from two different Greek words that have to do with a stone or a rock. And most of you realize that. So that's one thing to keep in mind. Jesus is the one that called Peter, Peter. That called Peter, that called Simon, Peter. That called Simon, Cephas. He's the one that did that, Jesus himself. Okay, fact number two is this. Peter had declared that he would not deny Jesus. There, that night when they went into the Garden of Gethsemane, Jesus said to those uh, 12 that were with him, or the 11, whichever it were, were at that time, he said, tonight uh, you will be offended because of me. And Simon, often being the first one to speak, said, oh, Lord, Lord, no, no, never. It could not be. I mean, I'll go with you all the way to death. And even if all these others uh, leave you, and betray you, I, I won't. Peter said that. You know, you know that. The third fact is this. Peter did exactly what Jesus said. Jesus said, Peter, before the rooster crows two times tonight, you're going to deny me three times. All of you, most of you realize that and know that. That's the third fact we need to remember. As we look at this scripture, the fourth fact is this. The Bible records at least two different times that after the resurrection, Jesus apparently met privately with Peter. It says it at least two different times. It, it refers to the meeting of Jesus and just Peter after the resurrection. It almost brings tears to my eyes to think about how that meeting may have been. Can you imagine? Can you imagine? There in the trial, when Peter was around warming himself with the soldiers and with the people and all, and people said to him, oh, oh, you're one of, you're one of the followers, and Peter denied it. Oh, oh, you were with him too, and Peter denied it. Oh, you're one of his disciples, and Peter denied it. And the Bible says, then Jesus looked at him, and Peter wept bitterly. He had done exactly what he said he would not do. He outright lied right in front of Jesus. And probably some of the other apostles were close enough by that they heard him do that. 
And he, and he had said, God, I'll never do, Jesus, I'll never do such a thing. So I'm saying, when Peter, when Jesus met privately with Peter after the resurrection, you can only imagine what kind of meeting that must have been. I mean, just to put it in our, I can just imagine Jesus hugging Peter and saying, Peter, I forgive you. And Peter saying, Jesus, please, I can't imagine, I can't believe what I did to you. And they probably sat there and cried and wept in each other's arms. Now, the Bible doesn't say all that, but the Bible does say that Jesus and Peter met together. It says that two, I know two different times met just the two of them, apparently, after the resurrection. There was other times when, as you know, the Bible tells us where Jesus appeared and met with some of the group of apostles. Um, again, I, I gave the title to the, to the message, Jesus is Calling You. And right now, I, I want to say this, and we'll look at a couple of scriptures here. Yes, Jesus is calling. Jesus is speaking, and he expects a response. Jesus is speaking, Jesus is calling, and he expects a response on our part as Christians. Look in chapter 20. Chapter 20, verses 21 and 22. Chapter 20, verse 21. Then said Jesus to them again, Peace be unto you. As my Father hath sent me, even so send I you. That's one thing he said. Jesus is speaking and he expects a response. As my Father hath sent me, even so send I you. Did he mean them to, to do something with that statement? Or just to, to sit on the chair? Even so send I you. Disciples, apostles... I have a work for you. I have a mission for you. I have a ministry for you. Even so, send I you. Jesus is speaking. Jesus was speaking, and he expected a response. Continuing to read. Verse 22. And when he had said this, he breathed on them and saith unto them, Receive ye the Holy Ghost. Of course they couldn't minister on their, in their own strength. Of course they couldn't do it on their own. But Jesus said, no, you can't do it on your own and you won't do it on your own and you don't have to try to do it on your own. Receive ye the Holy Ghost. And then you can minister for me. Then you can be sent. Then you can do what I expect you to do by the power of the Holy Ghost. Jesus was speaking and expected a response on their part. Now, before we 
read chapter 21, just let me uh, point out some places in chapter 21 where Jesus was speaking and he expected, of course, a response. Jesus is calling you. He's calling me. Chapter 21 and verse 5, verse 5 and 6. Then Jesus saith unto them, Children, have ye any meat? He asked them a question. He expected an answer. Verse 6. And he saith unto them, Cast the net on the right side of the ship, and ye shall find. There's a command from Jesus. Jesus was, was speaking, and he expected a response. Are there times in your life and mine when Jesus, if you would be really honest, you would say, Jesus asked me a question, but I just avoided it. Jesus asked me a question. The Holy Spirit tapped me on the shoulder to get my attention about something in my life, but I just shrugged it off. There's been times in my life and yours when, when Jesus gave a command. The Holy Spirit gave a command or the scripture gave a command like Jesus gave a command in verse 6. But we didn't obey. In verse 6 he told them what to do and he expected a response. Verse 10. Verse 10. Jesus said unto them, bring of the fish which ye have now caught. May I say again, he, he gave a statement, he gave a command, he said something and he expected a response. Verse 12, and Jesus said unto them, come and dine. Again, he expected a response. Verses 15 to 17, we've looked at that. He, had a con he was initiating a conversation with Peter and he expected a response. Verse 19, verse 19, this parable, or no, I'm sorry, verse 19, this spake he signifying by what death he should glorify God. And when he had spoken this, he saith unto him, follow me. There Jesus spoke very pointedly and expected a response. Verse 22 yet, verse 22, Jesus saith unto him, if I will that he tarry till I come, what is that to thee? Follow thou me. He had uh, grace and mercy enough to, even when, when Peter uh, wanted to argue with him a little bit, he said, I said, follow me. And he repeated, follow thou me. Jesus makes statements, Jesus makes, asks questions, Jesus calls and he expects a response on our part. Let me read chapter 21. I'll read it quickly uh, if I can and uh, you follow along as we read John chapter 21. After these things, Jesus showed himself again unto the disciples at the Sea of Tiberias. And on this wise showed he himself. 
There were to gather Simon Peter and Thomas called Didymus and Nathaniel of Canaan of Galilee and the sons of Zebedee and two other of his disciples. Simon Peter saith unto them, I go a fishing. They said unto him, We also go with thee. They went forth and entered into his ship immediately. And that night they caught nothing. But when the morning was come, Jesus stood on the shore, but the disciples knew not that it was Jesus. Then Jesus saith unto them, Children, have ye any meat? They answered unto him, No. And he said unto them, Cast ye, cast the net on the right side of the ship, and ye shall find. They cast therefore, and now they were not able to draw it for the multitude of fishes. Therefore, that disciple whom Jesus loved says unto Peter, It is the Lord. Now when Simon Peter heard that it was the Lord, he girt his fisher's coat unto himself, for he was naked, and did cast himself into the sea. And the other disciples came in a little ship, for they were not far from land, but as it were two hundred cubits, dragging the net with fishes. As soon then as they were come to the land, they saw a fire of coals there, and fish laid thereon, and bread. Jesus saith unto them, Bring of the fish which ye, now, which ye have now caught. Simon Peter went up and drew the net to the land full of great fishes, an hundred and fifty and three. And for all there were so many, yet was not the net broken. Jesus saith unto them, Come and dine. And none of his disciples durst ask him, Who art thou, knowing that it was the Lord? Jesus then cometh and taketh bread and giveth them and fish likewise. This is now the third time that Jesus showed himself to his disciples after that he was, was risen from the dead. So when they had dined, Jesus saith unto Simon Peter, Simon, son of Jonas, lovest thou me more than these? He saith unto him, Yea, Lord, thou knowest that I love thee. He saith unto him, Feed my lambs. He saith unto him again the second time, Simon, son of Jonas, lovest thou me? He saith unto him, Yea, Lord, thou knowest that I love thee. He saith unto him, Feed my sheep. He saith unto him the third time, Simon, son of Jonas, lovest thou me? Peter was grieved because he said unto him the third time, Lovest thou me? He said unto him, Lord, thou knowest all things. Thou knowest that I love thee. Jesus saith unto him, Feed my sheep. Verily, verily, I say unto thee, when thou wast young, thou girdest thyself and walkest whither thou wouldest. But when thou shalt be old, thou shalt stretch forth thy hands, and another shall gird thee and carry thee whither thou wouldest not. This spake he, signifying by what death he should glorify God. And when he had spoken this, he saith unto him, follow me. 
Then Peter, turning about, see, seeth the disciple whom Jesus loved following, which also leaned on his breast at supper. He said, Lord, which is he that betrayeth thee? Peter seeing him, Peter seeing him saith to Jesus, Lord, and what shall this man do? Jesus saith unto him, If I will that he tarry till I come, what is that to thee? Follow thou me. Then went this saying abroad among the brethren that that disciple should not die. Yet Jesus said not unto him that he shall not die, but I will that he tarry till I come. What is that to thee? I'll stop reading at that point. <clears throat> now, look, let's look at some of the verses in the, the first part of this chapter. <clears throat> I would just note this for interest. It's kind of interesting to me. Maybe it is to some of you. Peter, James, and John seem to be the three that were had a special connection and, and Jesus uh, related to them maybe in sometimes a special way as compared to some of the, the other 12. Um, but of those three, Peter, James, and John, it's interesting to see how many times Peter's name is in the scriptures as compared to or contrasted to uh, James and John. So I just simply looked in a big Strong's concordance, okay? You know, the columns in the book, okay? So Peter's name is in the Strong's Concordance. How many times? I didn't count them the times, but I'll just tell you how many columns. A whole column and three quarters of another column. That's how many times Peter's name is in the scriptures. A column and three quarters. John's name is in the scripture, just one column. And James's name is in the scripture, just a half a column. Peter's name is in a whole column and three quarters of another column. Interesting. Look at the first few verses of the chapter. Jesus has been raised from the dead. As we know from studying the scriptures, he, he appears to the apostles a few different times and then he, he like disappears and then he comes back. As you notice in verse 14, for instance, this is now the third time that Jesus showed himself to his disciples after that he was risen from the dead. And we take that to mean from looking at other scriptures, this is the third time that he showed himself to a, a group, a group of disciples. Um, we already said it, it mentions a couple of times how, how he apparently met privately with just Peter. So he is appearing and disappearing from the disciples from time to time here after the resurrection. It would be interesting to know what's going on in the minds of the apostles, uh, but we don't know everything that was going on in their minds, of course. But. Uh, Look at what Peter said in verse 3. Simon Peter says unto them, I go a fishing. Hmm. You know, we're all messed up here. You know, 
we, we thought we were following Jesus. We thought we had a job with Jesus, and now he's in and out. And uh, um, we don't understand the, the crucifixion. We don't hardly understand the resurrection. You know, some people have saw him. Some of us have saw him, and now he's in and out. And you can kind of imagine how they may, may have felt. Um, Jesus had told them, after these things happen, you will understand more clearly than you do now. He did say that, and hopefully they remembered that. But anyway, regardless of what was going on in their mind, we do have this, this fact that Peter said, uh, I, I go fishing. And the others said, uh, well, we'll go with you. <clears throat> you know the results? <laughs> Without Jesus... Without Jesus, no results. Without Jesus, no fish. Jesus comes upon the scene. Jesus speaks. Jesus calls. Jesus speaks and expects a response. Cast your net on the right side of the ship. You know, we often cast our net on the wrong side of the ship. We often do things, we too often do things the wrong way, maybe. We do it our way instead of the way of Jesus, instead of God's way. Instead of being directed by the Holy Spirit and listening to Jesus through the Spirit, we do it the wrong way, we do it our way. Jesus said, do it the right way. Cast your net on the right side of the ship and you will find. Verse 6, do it Jesus' way and you see the results in verse 6. Well, in verse 7, Peter jumped into the water to swim to Jesus. You could take some time, and we don't have time this morning, but many of you realize, and I've already suggested, Peter is mentioned so many times more in the scriptures than some of the other ones, other disciples. But Peter was so often the one that spoke first. He's so often the one that did something first. In this case, when they realize it's Jesus He's the first one to, he said, this boat is too slow. Get out of the way. I'll jump in the water and I'll swim to him. Jesus and I have a something going. I've met with him, by the way, two times. He didn't say this, I'm sure, to the others, but he thought this probably. I've met with him privately two times since the resurrection, and we have a relationship. And there's Jesus, lo and behold, out of the boat, swimming to Jesus before the others could even think about getting there, you know. Look in chapter 20. Chapter 20. Just to remind you of what happened with Peter and some of the others after, after the resurrection. Chapter 20, verse 3. Peter therefore went forth, and that other disciple came to the sept, to the... To the uh, to the sepulcher. So Peter takes off. The other disciple followed. 
But apparently the other disciple, as it's given here, maybe was a little better at running, and, and he outran Peter. But they get to the sepulcher. Look at verse 6. Then cometh Simon Peter following him, and went into the sepulcher, and seeth the linen clothes lie. If John got there first, why didn't John go in and find out for himself first? But no, he hesitated. And Peter went on ahead and found out first that Jesus was no longer there. Chapter 21, look at verse 11. Chapter 21, verse 11. Simon Peter went up and drew the net to the land full of great fishes. Why didn't somebody else do it? Why didn't one of the other seven do it? But Peter did it first. I mean, they're the ones that were in the boat pulling the net. Peter had already swam ahead and was on the shore. And I guess when they got there, he said, hey, you're too slow. <laughs> he jumped out there and pulled the net in himself. Peter did that. We could look at many other places, and I already said it, and you know this, that Peter moved first. Peter spoke first. You know what? It would be good if many more of us were like Peter in that way. Sometimes we as men that are supposed to be leaders, we can, we can just sit for too long. We can keep silence for too long. When we should be moving and we should show our families and wives that yes, we are leaders and we are making decisions for God and we are listening to the Holy Spirit speak to me and to my family. And we are jumping and we are moving to the task. We need to learn from Peter. Um, so we come to verses 15, 16, and 17. Remember I reminded you that Jesus himself is the one that gave Peter his name Peter. Jesus is the one that first called Simon Cephas. He's the one that did that. But now in this case, he's going back to his old name. And three times he says, Simon, son of Jonas. And Jonas here is the same as John. So just for, so, you know, we'll just say John. That's a more familiar name to us. Simon was a very common name. John was a very common name. That was Peter's given name. And I believe Jesus was saying this. Look, Peter. And he, and he was saying this in the presence of the other six disciples that were here. They were hearing him. Peter... In your own strength, all you are is Simon, son of John. You're nobody special. Yes, I gave you the name Peter, and I gave you the name Cephas, and they mean have to do with a rock and a sturdy foundation and something strong. But listen, Peter, in your own strength, all you are is Simon, son of John. That's all you are. 
You're just a human being that, that cannot do anything except my spirit and my strength be in you. The other six, like I said, probably knew that he had denied outright, flat, flat out denied him three times there at the trial of Jesus. And I believe Jesus was doing this in their presence to help them see, I forgive. I have a ministry for Peter. I'm restoring Peter. We are all sinful. We make mistakes. Abraham in our Sunday school lesson, he said yes to God. He believed and it was counted unto him for righteousness. It said that in chapter 15 of Genesis. But he made some mistakes after that. God knew when he called Abraham that Abraham was a human being and would sin and would make mistakes just like he knows us. The important thing is what is our response when he calls us after the fact? What is our response to him and to his Holy Spirit? And I'm sure I take for granted that in those private meetings that Jesus and Peter had that, that they made things right. Or that I should say that Peter made things right. But here Jesus is doing this now in the ears of, in the presence of these other six disciples that were there. Simon, son of John, that's all you are in your own strength. You're nobody special. And everybody knows that. Nevertheless, by the way, the first two times Jesus spoke here, he said, do you love me? That's like agape. That's like, Simon, do you have a real sacrificial, self-giving love for me? All three times when Peter answered, this is the word he used. He said, yes, Jesus, you know I'm, I have an affection for you. You know I, I, I'm your friend. That's what Peter said all three times. I got this feeling that Peter felt so bad for what he had done that he just couldn't bring himself to use agape, that self-sacrificing love like Jesus was using. He said, maybe he was thinking, the rest of the disciples will laugh at me if I, say, if I use that strong word because they knew, know full well I denied you flat right out. And so maybe he just couldn't bring himself to, to use agape, that sacrificing, self-sacrificing love. And so he said, yes, Jesus, you, you know I'm your friend. And so Jesus said, feed my lambs. I, I have a ministry for you. I want you to feed my lambs. Second time, verse 16. Simon, son of John, that's all you are in your own strength. Do you love me? Yeah, yes, yes, I, 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 I'm a friend of yours, Jesus. Feed my sheep. Third time, verse 17. Simon, son of John, that's who you are in your own strength. You're nobody special. You can't do it on your own. Do you love me? This time in verse 17, when Jesus said, do you love me? He went to the word of Peter. He did not say agape. This is what he said. Simon, son of John, are you even a friend of mine? He used that word like Peter was continuing to use. 
And then Peter repeated, yes, Jesus, I'm your friend. I have an affection for you. He said, feed my sheep. Do you find yourself in the place of, of Peter too often? Where, you know, you've, you would confess it, you know, you've, you've outright lied to him. You've outright gone your own way. And yet, by the mercy of, of Jesus and of God, he's there to, to reassure you that he has a ministry for you. He has a work for you. If you'll do it his way, if you'll heed his, his calling, if you'll answer in a positive, a positive way when he speaks, Jesus is calling you. He's calling me. Are we answering in a positive way? Regardless of the mistakes we've made in the past. Jesus has a ministry to, for us, has a work for us. And he wants us to answer positively when he calls and when he speaks. What are some, some of the ways Jesus calls? And you could just, I made a little list here, you could add to it. But Jesus calls us, he says, believe in me. He says, love me. Jesus says, come to the Father through me. He says, come to me for the bread and water of life. Jesus calls us by saying, deny yourself and be my disciple. By the way, as I was looking at that one um, and thinking about that one, you can't take those apart. Deny yourself and be his disciple. You can't just say, well, I'll take the last part. I'll just be his disciple because I a little bit have trouble denying myself sometimes. No, no, it, it won't work. We will be his disciple when we deny ourselves. He says, come unto me and I will give you rest. Do you want to have rest in your heart? Do you have rest in your heart? You can through Jesus. He says, take my yoke upon you and learn of me for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. The devil's burden is heavy. It's very heavy. My yoke is easy and my burden is light, Jesus calls to us. So let's sing uh, the song then, number 229.